Did you know that within a decade, women will hold $30 trillion in investable assets? Yet somehow, only 19% of women reported feeling confident in selecting investments that align with their long-term goals. Our friends at InvestHer are out to change that. InvestHer Con is the number one premier conference for women in real estate, and it's happening June 2nd through the 4th in Austin, Texas. InvestHerCon is not just another real estate conference. It's a transformational experience focused on real estate investing, business strategies, and self-care tactics, all designed to help women take control of their financial futures. Gain the knowledge and skills you need to grow your portfolio and build a sustainable business, all while connecting with over 500 women who are playing at the same level. To learn more and to get your tickets, visit InvestHerCon.com today and use the code 100BESTEVER to get $100 off your ticket. That's InvestHer, H-E-R, Con.com, promo code 100BESTEVER to get $100 off your ticket. The questions that you ask up front will be the best questions that you can ask throughout the entire process. And it could cost you tens of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of dollars if you make the wrong choice. Before we get into today's episode, are you a fix and flipper who needs some money? Do you need to maybe do more deals and you're limited by the funds you have available? Well then, Fund That Flip, today's best ever sponsor, has a solution for you. And you know Fund That Flip, right? Your loyal best ever listener. The founder, Matt Rodak, he's been on the show multiple times, and they have been a previous sponsor, and they love working with the best ever listeners, and they provide short-term fix-and-flip loans to experienced investors. They've got an online platform, makes the entire process super easy, and you can get funded in as few as seven days. So if you're looking for a reliable funding partner, go to fundthatflip.com and mention that, well, you heard about it on the Best Ever Show. Best Ever listeners, welcome to the best real estate investing advice ever show. I'm Joe Fairless. This is the world's longest running daily real estate investing podcast. We only talk about the best advice ever. We don't get into any fluff with us today. Greg Gorman. How you doing, Greg? I am great, Joe. Thanks for the opportunity to be on your show. Well, my pleasure and nice to have you on the show. A little bit about Greg. Well, he's been a licensed agent since 1992. He is a broker owner of a national franchise, been a content developer, international speaker, and of course, real estate investor. He has a team, Team Paradise. It's made up of three licensed realtors and one unlicensed staff member. Prior to real estate, he spent 10 years in the insurance industry as an underwriter and based in Naples, Florida. So with that being said, Greg, you want to give the best ever listeners a little bit more about your background and your current focus? I would certainly love to. And first of all, welcome to Paradise. My hometown is absolutely awesome. We are on the lower west coast of Florida, due west of Miami, Fort Lauderdale. As you mentioned, I've been licensed since 1992. I have been a broker owner. I work for a local company now for the last 10 years. So a lot of those roles. I absolutely love what I do. I go out and teach across North America and some in Europe just to keep it fresh and interesting and get people to continue to network in my hometown of Naples. What are you teaching? I'm teaching real estate systems and tools and technology. And that's where my passion is because I love what we do. When I can shed a little light on how to make real estate business better, 
then my life is fulfilled. I love teaching. There's not enough money in it. And I support that habit by real estate sales. Mm-hmm. Well, let's talk about the systems, tools, and technology that you teach. How about we dig into each of the three? What is a system or the system that you teach that we need to know about? Well, certainly if you're in real estate, having a license will not make a career for you. It gives you the opportunity in whatever state that you're in to sell real estate, but it doesn't teach you how to sell. It doesn't teach you how to grow your business. It doesn't teach you how to negotiate. It doesn't teach you how to access information on a computer regarding real estate. So none of those things are available through your license. Your license just gives you the opportunity to make all those things happen. Mm-hmm. We all the time are interviewing other agents and looking at their skills and scripts, the things that they do best, the things that they like to avoid. And we implement some of those, some of them we try and we think that's not for us. And then the ones that we really like, we like to share. Okay. And for example? For example, some of the tools, let me just implement social media into real estate. I love videos. So if I find an opportunity, of course, when we go out and list a new property, we're absolutely going to do a video. We have professional photographers that will put pictures into play. There's nothing better, however, to do a video walk through that property. Obviously, when you're walking through and you're walking through a kitchen, you don't need to point that out. However, it gives us an opportunity to highlight some of the advantages of that particular kitchen. Maybe it has new cabinets. Maybe it has a special set of appliances. If we walk through a living room, obviously that's the place. However, we want to highlight, look at the beautiful golf view, look at the beautiful lake view. It's got a magnificent pool. So those are the types of things that we like to teach other agents. How can you turn that listing into an ad, post it to social media, and then really you can get pretty technical. However, Facebook allows us now to choose the demographics of where that stuff should go. Mm. Yeah. Okay. So instead of when you're walking through, and this is what I would do, <laughs> if I'm walking through a property or I'll just say a house, instead of saying, okay, now this is a living room, duh, it's obviously the living room. So you don't need to focus on that. It's more look at these big old windows or whatever the selling features are of it. It's amazing. Tens of millions of times a day, I can guarantee you when agents are out showing property, they're going to point out the kitchen, the bathroom, the very obvious things. And really, why does an investor want to focus on that particular property? So if you're listening to your clients, whether they be a first-time buyer or an investor, in the right proportion, your two ears and one mouth, if you can listen and interpret to what they want to find in a new property, you have the ability, using your skills, of how to highlight those things that are most important to them. Hmm. Yeah, I do walkthroughs in a different capacity, but this is still a relevant point, and that's why I'm mentioning it for any best ever listener who's in a similar situation where you have a property that perhaps you are bringing investors into, and instead of me saying, okay, this is a layout of apartment, here's the living room, here's the kitchen, whatever – I would focus more on the enhancements that we would do to renovate the place or I would focus on the spacious closet and then give a reason why I'm focusing on that spacious closet. Like this demographic tends to like the walk-in closets, that sort of thing. That's perfect. And it's also our obligation. I mean, we can all talk about the bricks and mortar. 
that makes a particular property. However, as agents and realtors especially, and I have several designations, by the way, so I think we do things a little bit differently. It's important to tell a story about that particular property. Now, I'm in a destination market, so people come here. We have a lot of snowbirds. We have 360,000 year-round people. In the winter months, that grows to another 150,000 people who come here. Now, if I were in New York, Washington, D.C., San Francisco, the things that I would be telling about that particular story on that property, wherever it exists, would be the lifestyle around it. If you're in the West Coast or New York or in a metropolitan city, walkability, access to groceries, restaurants, schools, are those all walkable distance to the particular property? That would be the story I would tell. Mm-hmm. In my destination market, I want to know how close it is to social clubs, golf courses. Maybe it's schools. Maybe it's the arts and entertainment district. Maybe it's to dining. Those Storytelling opportunities is what we should really be bringing to the transaction. So you need to know the type of location and the customer that matches up with the location. That will drive the story. It does drive the story. And so few of us don't. If you go read any MLS description of a property and any MLS in the entire country, we read the same thing over and over again. This is a three-bedroom, two-bath pool home. Duh, that doesn't tell me anything about the property. That would not make me want to go there. Right. I just bought a place with my, now she's my wife. She was my fiance. Now we're married. We just bought a place about late 2016. And in the description, it had the normal stuff. But then on top of that, it said, and a short walk to this downtown area where you can go to a bar and restaurants and another short walk to a park. And that's really what captured our attention versus the typical stuff that you see. It's going to be for the end user, how it lives or how it works for that end user. And you have to have that skill of being able to listen. It's not just about finding a property that's either large enough or in the right price range. You have to be able to work that lifestyle or that need into that particular property before you're going to be able to cash out on a sale. What's been the most challenging property to come up with the story? The most challenging property to come up with a story. I'm not sure I understand that question. Is there a type of property where it's tough to identify the story that you need to tell about it because of certain factors? I actually am working with a buyer right now. And the way our MLS is set up, it's almost an impossible thing to find. So I have a buyer who wants to move from Colorado to Naples, wants to be on a second floor or higher, an age 55 or older community, wants to be under 800000 wants to be within walking distance of dining, grocery stores, and all. And the way our systems are set up and the way our construction over the years has evolved, I cannot find this gentleman a property. It either doesn't fit into the price range, it doesn't fit into the age 55 or older. Oh, he also wanted something that was constructed 2005 or newer. So that right now is a need I can't fill for him, although we've been looking for about three months. We're that far into the process. He's looked at things that I've sent him that he otherwise liked, but he would say, I don't like it for this reason. It's either on the second floor. And I will tell you a little bit of history behind that. He is quite concerned about flooding in Florida and the stories that we hear about climate change. Now, this uh-huh. is something in, I'm guessing, is retirement age and doesn't want to, in the future, have to worry about flooding. 
So my second hometown is in Key West. I have a high sensitivity to that. Miami constantly floods. So he is thinking that we're also in an area that's really prone to floods. We're not at this time. Maybe that would be 40 or 50 years in the future. So that's his interest right now in finding a property that elevated. So second floor won't work, third floor or higher, yes. The age 55, almost an impossibility. So something will have to give. He'll have to compromise on one area or another before we're going to be able to pull a trigger on a property. Have you said that point blank to him? That was the first interview we had. But it's been three months? It's been three months so far. And it was an inbound referral from a well-known Chicago realtor, which in Chicago, not a problem. This was a client that moved away from Chicago to Colorado. That lifestyle hasn't really made him happy. So he wants to focus on something else. So coming to a better climate, at least for him, it's a better climate. Mm -hmm. If you have that point blank conversation from day one, but it's been three months since you've been sharing properties with them, what's the end game? The end game is we're in a destination market. I have actually worked with clients for five years before they ever bought anything. We start the process off with people looking and then they get comfortable with the lifestyle. They may rent in the area first and then pull the trigger somewhere down the road. We've learned in any kind of market, certainly in a destination market, to have patience. And we're in a very privileged market as well. We have the highest of the highest end and we also have migrant farm workers here. So it's an area generally where people don't have to buy, sellers don't have to sell. So if you don't have patience, this certainly would not be a marketplace for an agent. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I was wondering, because your time, as everyone else's, it's valuable. And to spend, heck, I didn't even know the five-year thing that you said until you told me. But even three months, how much time are you spending and how do you deal with that, knowing that you're spending time and he's not pulling the trigger? 26 years in the business, it's a thing that I just learned because otherwise it would lead us to some disappointment. If you're in a market like Chicago, New York, Boston, Washington, D.C., where right now market and inventory is at a premium and time of the market isn't very high, then, of course, for an agent to think that they may spend several months with its client might not be appealing. They would say, nope, I'm not for you and move on. However, we've learned not to have the kind of mindset that if you don't buy right now, I don't want to work with you. It's an investment in our business and it's an investment in people. It's not about selling the bricks and mortar, by the way, Joe. It's about creating those relationships that are long lasting. And it's not about pulling the trigger here. And over my 26 years, most of my clients, when they buy in Naples for the first time, I'm looking at two future transactions with them personally and a multitude of referrals. They'll come in, buy something small. They'll move to a bigger house. As they age, they decide to downsize and they'll want to find something in a happy medium. Mm -hmm. So I've learned how to have that patience and consistency over the years. When you're having that patience over, I'll just continue to use this one example because it's what we've been talking about in this example. How do you allocate your time so that you know you're playing the long game with them, but you want to build a relationship but at the same time? You've got to also focus on other things too. So how do you manage your time with them? That's just a system. Almost all the MLSs out there will allow you to put in automated searches. And that's a non-touch system. You get notified anytime that particular client receives a new property that's under the market. However, you don't have to pick up the phone at that time unless you find something that this is a real match. I think this is something you ought to think about. Perhaps 
making a trip to Naples now would be in your best interest. Mm, got it. That's just a system. And it works for all of us. If we have only one or two clients at a time, it's devastating. However, I would hope that most of your audience is on a bigger scale that you and they all have, like I do. We have databank. So we're not working on one or two people at a time. We can work on 10 or 15 opportunities at a time, plus our listing inventory. Mm-hmm. In terms of creating relationships that are long-lasting, what are some tactical things that you do to do that? That's where we shine at our greatest. My whole team and I have this mantra. We would not do real estate if it were not fun. So we do things that create not only fun for our team, make it exciting for us. Part of that comes through travel and teaching. We also have client events. We have them throughout the year. And we make it fun. We have some smaller parties. We have larger parties. We have kid-oriented parties. And that has been one of the best things that we develop those relationships. The last that we just had two Sundays ago We had a wine tasting party at Total Wine, and we had 24 people at our wine tasting event, and it was absolutely spectacular. We invited over 200 people. We do that for all of our events, and the first ones to respond, and it's an online invitation that has to have an RSVP attached to it. So the ones that are available that can come and it's of interest to them, they jump out on that invitation immediately. And Mm -hmm. typically, our events sell out within 24 to 48 hours. Oh, I love that. So you have some scarcity because there's only so many spots for the wine tasting and you send it out to everyone. It's first come, first serve. We do. And we also pull our entire database. What's of interest to you? What do you want to do in life? Most of them here are foodies. They love wine. Every December, we typically rent out a movie theater and that's kids related. So we have typically 175 tickets to pass out. That is always a big winner. The last several years we've gotten to do, and we will this December, we're already on the books for the next Star Wars release. Those are great for us. We love that. And I will tell you, our investors and our clients love it that we're not just focused on them, that we're also interested in their family. Earlier this summer, I did a kid's cooking party in my home. I had eight kids from the ages of six to 13, and they came in. We also had space available for their parents because we knew they wouldn't want to be there. We made gourmet dog treats, and then we made two types of flatbread pizza. (laughs) This was one of the best parties, one of the best relationship builders we've ever done. The parents, although we had space outside with cocktails and things like that that were really oriented towards them, nobody wanted to go out. They wanted to watch their kids. They wanted to film it. We had two Facebook Lives and an Instagram Live going on, and this was a two-hour party. Mm. So their kids were making dog treats. We had, of course, their aprons. We had their hats all for them. I love to cook. It's one of my passions, and I know all these kids that came also shared that they watch the kids, the next best chef or the, mm-hmm. all those that are on the Food TV Network and shows like that. So I have probably 30 kids on a wait list. So we'll be repeating one of those parties. We'll likely do it sometime between right before Thanksgiving and end of the year. So we can do a holiday theme cooking class for kids. Mm, Bravo. Thank you for sharing that. That's helpful. So we have fun. If it's not fun, I don't want to do it. Uh huh. Do you do anything like that for your clients who aren't local, like mail them anything regularly or anything like that? 
I think that's just part of our business. Of course, we do market updates. It's important no matter where they live to find market updates. So we send that out on a monthly basis. That's email driven. So absolutely. If you're not keeping up with your database, that's a huge failure. And you need to know too how their families change over time. Obviously, if you've got someone in a two-story home that's been there for 25 years, all the kids are out of the nest, they're likely going to want to downsize. So keeping in touch with them about, would you like to find a right-sized property for yourself now? Because we like to engage with our clients on social media. We want to find out what's happening in their family. Real estate's one thing. It's a vehicle. We truly have an interest in the people that we're with. If we're looking to build our business, which we all are, this is a powerful conversation. And it's an approach that you've got the experience in the industry and you've seen it work well. And it's fun and it's enjoyable along the way. And very appreciative that you're sharing this. So look at a couple of examples that are kind of old school. Rotary Club, for example. How well has that worked over the years? And what about that component that makes Rotary Club work? It's an engagement process. You can join any club that's out there, but the Rotarians have found projects that they can do together. It's wide based across all industries. It is communication on a routine basis. And this is a common mindset. Mine happens to be Naples. That's our common community. And how can we make that fun? We know what our community is about. We know what attracts people to Naples and why can't you, in the course of your business, attract that wider community. Based on your experience being in the industry, what is your best advice ever for the best ever listeners? I'm going to put a spin on this and talk to your investors that mm -hmm. are your best listeners. Here's something I've learned over the years, and I have a little YouTube video that's coming out next week. And I was walking through one of the properties that I'm currently remodeling right now. And I'm just amazed. My 26-year history, I'm always amazed when I hear people say they want to buy an investment property. And I think that's great. They're talking to agents out there, however, Joe, that don't even own their own home. So how can that particular licensee help an investor? And my mindset is if you own your own home, if you're investing in properties to flip or to hold, then you've got to have a skill set that others just don't possess. So for your investor listener out there, why would you want to go to any market anywhere in this country or foreign market and find an agent to help you buy an investor property and they don't even own their own home, might not even own or flip property. So that's my mindset. So getting to the right people at the right time about the right opportunity is so key. And the questions that you ask up front will be the best questions that you can ask throughout the entire process. And it could cost you tens of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of dollars if you make the wrong choice. So we got to ask when we are speaking to agents, if they currently own their own home and if they are an investor? I think that's where you start. If you are going for a specialized surgery, you're not going to go ask the nurse to help you with that surgery. Am I right? You're right. You want to find the best doctor, the best specialist that you can afford. And starting out with the initial questions will get you to where you want to go. Makes sense. You ready for the best ever lightning round? Why not? 
All right. Well, let's do it. First, though, a quick word from our best ever partners. You want to get better at negotiating real estate? Well, how about do you want to get better at negotiating real estate for free? Even better, right? Well, go to fundthatflip.com forward slash best ever. Fund That Flip, today's sponsor, has partnered with best-selling author Jay Scott to provide you with a free chapter from Jay's new book on negotiating real estate. I've read the book. Lots of good real-world case studies sprinkled in there, too. I love it when they do that. Go to fundthatflip.com forward slash best ever to download your free copy of the chapter today. Feeling lost on your roadmap to wealth? Tune in to the newly launched REI Foundation Podcast, where hosts Jason and Peely give you all the steps and missteps towards achieving your investing dreams. Featuring interviews from top industry professionals, make sure you listen and subscribe to REI Foundation Podcast at thereifoundation.libson.com. All right, Greg, best ever book you've read? Best ever book, I actually am repeating it right now. It's How to Win Friends and Influence People, The Magic of Thinking Big. Those are two books. I read a lot of books. And for real estate, the best book ever written by Gary Keller is The Millionaire Real Estate Agent. Yes, I love that book. I'm not a real estate agent, but I got a lot of value from that book. I actually hired an administrative assistant immediately after reading it because he said in the book, that's the first hire you should have. Right. Best ever deal you've done. Best ever deal I've done in real estate, bought a home in the mid 300s, spent $30,000 on a remodel and sold for a 605. Bravo. Then I think we did that within, I don't know, 80 days. What's a mistake you've made on a transaction? Bought in a luxury property for myself. The market tanked. I spent a million dollars, remodeled $280,000 and sold for nine eighty. The happiest day of my life. <laughs> you just wanted to get rid of it? I had it on the market for four years. Oh my gosh. What were the years? Bought it in 2005, closed on it in January of 2010. Uh-huh. I took a check to closing to make it close. Mm. What's the best ever way you like to give back? best way I love to give back is through people, helping people who are not expecting help, doing little things for them that have a big impact. And a lot of times it's through their kids. And how can the best ever listeners learn more about you and your company? Where can they go? Thinknaples.com. Very simple. T-H-I-N-K Naples.com. All my whole team is out there. What we do is out there. You'll find me in social media through thinknaples.com. So that's the best way to find them. Perfect. And we will include that in the show notes of this. So best ever listeners, you can just simply click the link, thinknaples.com, and it'll take you to the Team Paradise page. It looks like a place I want to go right now, the first picture. (laughs) So Greg, thank you for being on the show. Thanks for talking about how to build long lasting relationships and how you're doing it and how you have done it successfully from the events where it's you got to RSVB quickly. I love that part because it conditions people to value the emails that they receive from you. That's kind of a subconscious thing. Then just consciously, it's you're having fun, they're having fun, and it's enjoyable, and you're getting to know them and just build long-term relationships. And as you know, you have a relatively high lifetime value of a customer because, as you said, you have usually two transactions per customer, 
and I imagine those are decent dollar figures given your market. First transaction, they buy big. Second transaction, they scale down a bit, and you're the person who's helping them along the way. So thanks for being on the show, Greg. Really enjoyed it. I'm going to implement some of these things in my own business. I hope you have the best ever day, and we'll talk to you soon. Love the opportunity. Thanks, Joe. Feeling lost on your roadmap to wealth? Tune in to the newly launched REI Foundation podcast, where hosts Jason and Peely give you all the steps and missteps towards achieving your investing dreams. Featuring interviews from top industry professionals, make sure you listen and subscribe to REI Foundation podcast at com.